You are listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and I'm also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm joined by a member of the team, which is Mike Livingston. Mike's one of the content editors for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Mike, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, we're going to be looking at session 12 for our study of Luke here during the winter quarter of 2020 through 2021. And the passage that we're looking at is Luke 7, verses 40 through 50. Uh, it's Jesus, the main theme here is Jesus is helping some desperate people. Uh, verses 40 through 43 uh, can, uh, include a parable Jesus told to a Pharisee named Simon. The parable featured a creditor forgiving the debts of two men with one man's debt being 10 times larger than the debt of the other man. The point of the parable was to judge which debtor would be more grateful, a point Simon judged correctly. We've entitled this particular part of the, of the study, Love's Intensity, and the main point here is that believers should demonstrate love for God with great intensity. In verses 44 through 47, Jesus calls attention to the woman and contrasted her grateful actions for the lack of action taken by Simon. Simon, excuse me. Uh, this woman, we look in the verses prior to this, had come in and she had anointed Jesus. She had uh, washed his feet. Uh, she had put perfume on his feet and used her hair and her tears. Um, she even cried on his feet and used her hair to clean his feet, which is something Simon did not do. Jesus explained that the person who receives much forgiveness, forgiveness responds with a greater love than the person who receives little forgiveness. The main point that we've pointed, uh, we, we've highlighted in that section is, is love demonstrated. The key idea here is that believers demonstrate love for God because of his great forgiveness. In verses 48 through 50, Jesus declared that the woman's sins were forgiven. The guest attending the meal silently questioned Jesus' authority to forgive sin. Jesus declared to the woman that her faith saved her and directed her to go in peace. We've entitled this particular section, Love and Faith, and the main point is forgiveness is found through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Now, there's some other passages uh, where you have anointings of Jesus, Mike. Uh, how do we account for those other, uh, other stories? Uh, they're a little bit different uh, in the different Gospels. Uh, where Jesus is anointed. You're right. There are some other anointing um, accounts. Uh, this one in Luke 7, of course, and then you've got one at the end of Jesus's ministry that's recorded in John chapter 12, first few verses, and it's also in Matthew 26 and Mark 14. Um, those, are right, those are right before the triumphant entry. Mm -hmm, but yeah, before he right goes into it. And there are some Bible teachers who have interpreted these um, two anointing accounts, the one, the earlier one in, in Luke, and then the later one, as just different versions of the same event. So, so there, there have been attempts made to say, well, that was really the same, uh, the same event, the same it's incident. It's just the gospel writers are giving different versions of the same, same event. But, but to take the gospels at face value, I think we have to see them as two different events with a lot of similarities. Uh, the similarities are that both of these take place in the home of someone named Simon. 
and they both describe Jesus being anointed by uh, with with expensive perfume by a woman. Now, there are some differences, a number of differences. In Luke seven, the host is a Pharisee named Simon, while in the second anointing at the end of Jesus's ministry, the host is Simon, a leper, who had been healed. Now, Simon was a common name. Anyway. His common name, yeah. And uh, Luke, Luke does not name the woman in the first anointing here in Luke 7. She's just a woman in the town who was a sinner, is, is all uh, we know. But John's gospel identifies the woman in the second account as Mary, the sister of Lazarus. And I, I think it's a real stretch to, to try to identify the woman in Luke 7 as Mary, Mary the sister of Lazarus. So you've got a different host, and you've got a different woman anointing Jesus, and, and then it's a different setting. The setting in Luke is apparently is in Galilee, uh, while the second uh, occurred uh, in Bethany near Jerusalem, where just a few weeks earlier, Jesus raised Lazarus uh, from the dead, who was present at the dinner, along with Martha, who helped to serve, and Mary, who anointed him. So the, the settings are different. And I think the motives are different. The woman in Luke 7 was acting out of her love for Jesus, a response of gratitude for, for her forgiveness. And the anointing at Bethany may have been uh, to celebrate the raising of Lazarus. And, and it took place, um, as you mentioned, just the night before Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And Jesus himself interpreted um, that anointing as, as a symbolic preparation for his death and burial. So there are there are more differences than similarities. Yeah. Now, in this particular passage, you mentioned this was a demonstration of love. Uh, how was love demonstrated before sins were forgiven? Well, that's that's an interesting question of when when the sins were when her sins were forgiven before or after um, she demonstrated love. Uh, and and you you hear arguments on, on you know but either way. Uh, verse 47, it, it says, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. Now, this, this may mean that Jesus, um, it, we, we, we could say that Jesus had met her previously. Okay, He met her previously before this encounter. He had forgiven her sins. And here she's responding with this act of gratitude because he has forgiven her sins uh, already. But verse 48 seems to say that he's forgiving her sins at that moment. And he's, he said to her, your sins are forgiven in, in, in verse 48. And it sounds like he's, it, it's right at that moment, he's forgiving her sins. Um, I think it's, it's a lot of times it's helpful to compare translations and see how translations handle that. And in the CSB, it says in the Christian Standard Bible, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. And the, the New International Version says a similar thing. Her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But then in the, in the King James and English Standard Version and maybe some others, it says her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. And that seems to be saying it, uh, something different. So you got that word for. Her sins have been forgiven for she loved much. And it seems to say that she was forgiven because she loved so much. Um, if you look at you look at the at the grammar, the wording in, in the Greek, you've got this little conjunction in that statement that it's translated for in King James and the ESV. And it's just a, it's a Greek conjunction, and it can indicate the reason for something. 
So it can, it could be that her love was, was the reason or the basis or the ground of her forgiveness. So because of, in that yeah. sense. Yeah, that she was forgiven because of, because she loved so much. But that little conjunction, hoti is the, the Greek uh, conjunction, it, it doesn't have to, to indicate the reason something happens. It can mean the evidence for something or the proof of something. So it can mean she has been forgiven as evidenced by the fact that she is she loves so much, that, that love is the evidence of her forgiveness. And it's the same little conjunction in 1 John 4, 19, where it says we love because he first loved us. Our love is evidence of, or it's, it's um, the result of the forgiveness that we have experienced. So uh, verse 47, it says her sins were forgiven uh, as a result of her love or um, uh, and her love was the evidence of her forgiveness. But okay, then verse 48, it says your sins are forgiven. Uh, and, and that may simply be just a word of assurance to her. As, an affirmation. As, yeah, it's an affirmation. Your sins have indeed been forgiven. I think the most important point here I believe our leader guide points this out, that the most important thing about this is not necessarily the timing of the forgiveness, but her response. The most important thing would be the fact that she was forgiven and her response to that forgiveness would be the most important thing about this. We have in this passage three big issues, faith, forgiveness, and love for Christ. Our Bible skill brings those three things together and it encourages us to compare uh, what happened here in Luke 7 with two other events out of Luke, Luke 17, which is the healing of the 10 lepers, and Luke 18, which is uh, the healing of the blind beggar, and, and to compare those verses uh, with this for us to get a better understanding of the relationship between faith, forgiveness, and love. So, Mike, help us think through that a little bit about how those three things are related in some form or fashion. Yeah, faith, forgiveness, and love. Uh, we, of course, we know, we believe that forgiveness is found through faith in Jesus Christ alone, uh, that God does the forgiving, God does the saving, but he uses the, the instrumentation of faith to do that. He saves us, he forgives us when we put our faith in Christ. So he, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. She was forgiven on account of her faith. Uh, her faith resulted in forgiveness, and this is the you know this is the clear teaching of, of Scripture. You know this is how this is how it works over and over. You see this. Uh, you mentioned a couple of examples in, in Luke, and uh, there was another one, another one in Luke five twenty, and when you know the the friends who brought the their uh, oh, paralytic yeah. and lowered him from the roof, Jesus seeing their faith, uh, said, "Friend, your sins are forgiven." Seeing their faith. Your, your sins are forgiven. Uh, and then to the woman who, who was suffering that, uh, with the bleeding condition, who came up from behind Jesus and touched his robe, he turned around and said, daughter, your faith has saved you. And then to the, to the leper, who, one leper who came back out of the ten, he said, get up, go on your way, your faith has saved you. The blind beggar in Luke 18, receive your sight, your faith has saved you. So you see a pattern here, aren't you, that, that we are saved by faith. Uh, Ephesians 2.8, you're saved by grace through faith. Uh, so faith in Christ results in forgiveness, and then being forgiven results in 
something. It results in, in, in a life of, of, of gratitude. So this woman's love was evidence of, of that forgiveness that she had experienced. Love, love is demonstrated by actions. You know, how, how, how do we show our love for, for Christ? You know, how, how, do we, how is our love for Christ demonstrated? And I think that's what you, that's something you see here, and that's something we we you know we talk we talk about in our as we teach the this lesson. I think you know how do we what is the way that we demonstrate our love for Christ? Um, how does your how does your wife know that you love her? You know how, how does your wife know? You know you know the old um, running joke. Um, uh, the, the the husband who says to his wife, "I told you I loved you when I married you. If anything changes, I'll let you know." Yeah, um, yeah. You know, words words are important, and words are needed, and, and words are necessary. But actions give credibility to our words. So, um, with with the woman who anointed Jesus, you know, you you you, you see the actions. Um, you, you you also see the emotions. It says in verse thirty-eight, she was weeping. As she began to wash his feet with her tears, she was she was emotional. She was weeping as she did that. So you know, emotions are valid. Emotions are 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 a part of of our worship of Jesus. It's just a part of of who we are. We we have these emotions, but emotion alone is not not enough. Those emotions, as well as our words, are backed up by by what we do, by our actions. And I think all the Scripture testifies to that fact. You have this contrast between this woman and Simon, and also in the, the parable between the two men whose debts were forgiven, brings up this question. How do we measure a person's love for Christ? Or, or we'll, Let me rephrase it. How do we measure our own love for Christ? Should we try to measure it? Um, I know it could be dangerous if we start comparing ourselves to other people, well, I love them. I love Christ more because I did this or do that. But is there some way that we can examine our lives to make sure that we are, or to say yes for ourselves, we are growing in our love for Christ? Um, yeah, I, I think you know. Going back to uh, what I was saying a minute ago, I think it's you know you see it in in your, in your actions, and, I, and you know, a verse comes to mind. Uh, Jesus says, "If you love me." You keep my commandments. And there, there you go. There's, there's the measure. There's the indication of, of our love for him. So it's, it's, you know, like I was saying, is it has to go beyond just words. It has to go beyond just, you know, these feel-good emotions um, that we have. Sometimes when we worship, uh, it, it comes down to, um, to our actions and, and our obedience to him. Um, I think that's that's the measure of, of our love, is is how we're obeying him, how we're obeying his word, how we how we love his word, and and uh, let his word guide guide us in, in our lives. So I, I think it all comes down to to that to to obedience. That would be an interesting exercise: is to take the Ten Commandments, just list them, and then reflect on how love is shown in each one of those Ten Commandments. For example, even the one "Do not steal." You're loving that item, the thing you're going to steal, more so than you do the person who has possession of it right now. Yeah. Um, coveting, the same thing. And think about how love is involved in each one of those and how each one of them reflect some type of love obedience relationship for God. Yeah. Uh, that would be an interesting uh, 
thing to just think about on an individual level after this lesson's over. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, and Jesus, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And, you know, it all comes down to love. The greatest commandment is to, to love God and then love, love your neighbor as yourself. So, yeah, it, it all it all comes down to, to love. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned the Bible skill. One thing you may want to do is use the Bible skill at the end of the lesson as a way to kind of sum everything up, bring it all together. And then you can build application from that and helping folks understand uh, how their faith, their forgiveness, and their love for Christ are all connected. Uh, Mike, any other key ideas or thoughts you would share about this particular uh, You know, not, not necessarily. Uh, I just, uh, as I look at this um, passage, this lesson, I just think we've got a great evangelistic opportunity here um, that we don't want to miss. I don't want to miss it. We, we've got this woman in the passage who uh, is just called a sinner. I mean, that's all we know about her. She's, she's a sinner. We don't even know her name. She's just a sinner. And there's not an ounce of self-righteousness in her. She knew she was a sinner. Uh, she knew she needed forgiveness. She believed that Jesus had the power to forgive, that he was willing to forgive. And it just, you know, here's, here's an opportunity to say, no matter who you are, no matter your past, no matter what you've done, where you've come from, or where you are right now, forgiveness is available by faith in Christ alone. And our, our lives are forever changed when we experience his forgiveness. So there's an opportunity for us to, um, to have that evangelistic emphasis. Most folks would look at this story and you would think Simon is the winner because he's got, he's the Pharisee. He's able to host Jesus, mm -hmm. but he's not the one who's the winner in this story. She is. She's the one that leaves forgiven uh, with Jesus being the hero in the story. Let me just remind you all about extra in extra. We identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. Uh, this file is free and it works with the group plans and the adult leader guide and the leader helps in the adult data discipleship guide. These ideas are posted 10 days prior to the suggested use date and you can find them on the Explore the Bible website by typing in your browser goexplorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. I want to thank you for listening to us today. Mike, thank you for being with us this week. I think you're going to be with us again next week, aren't you? We'll look at session 13. Mm -hmm. uh, but we encourage you to be back with us next week.